Hey, y'all. I am so stoked for you to listen to this podcast and learn a little bit more about Christina Robson and the amazing things that she's done in her lifetime. But I just wanted to give a quick side note. This was recorded on Zoom during COVID-19. So if there's some sound iffy moments, that's partly why. (laughs) Also, you know me. I'm new to this editing game. So um, I hope you guys enjoy what she has to say. She's a pretty spectacular person. And let's get to it. Hi, beer and ballet friends. I am your host, Amber Daniels, and I'm so excited by the beautiful soul that's joining me for today's podcast. She is one of the fabulous folks within my graduate cohort, but just before coming to us, she traveled the world with Bill T. Jones and Arnie Zane Dance Company. I've witnessed her love and passion for not only dance, but community outreach for the art form itself, not to mention She has a pretty amazing puppy pal that's named Parsley. Please join me in welcoming Christina Robson. How you doing, girlfriend? (laughs) What an intro. Yeah, how you doing? And Parsley's even present, curled up. Aw, poor little Parsley. Ready for this podcast. She's on her best behavior. Yeah, I think she's allergic to Maryland. (laughs) Every time we come back, she's like, nope. Turn it around. Let's go north. (laughs) (laughs) So before we chat about all of the amazing things that you have done in your lifetime and the things that you are continuing to do, what you drinking? What you sipping on today? What's my sipping on? Well, it is embarrassing that I didn't really have um, much of a selection because I just got in. So I haven't been to the liquor store, but I got a sweet treat from my brother Derek, my my older brother, he's an avid beer drinker, and he has this habit of giving me all of the beers he doesn't like. So oh, okay. <laughs> every time I come home, mom has like a random assortment of beers in the fridge, and she's like, oh, Derek dropped these off for you. So I have basically all of the knockoffs that he doesn't like, but I think this is pretty great. It's called breakaway earworks Mm. is the brewery and it's a double india pale ale called mirror image oh yeah that's i mean a lot of craft brews have really cool cans but yeah that one's neat it's matching my ardwolf brewing company nonchalant that i'm drinking right now hey nice you know we're killing it today yeah, this one, you know, I like IPAs. I like things that have that bitter taste, but I like when there's like a hint of, of fruitiness. I don't like a really sweet, fruity, over-the-top, like mango explosion. Yeah. Like a little bit of like citrus or something. This one, I, I, I don't know what's happening. I mean, I'm not really like a trained, my palate is like, you know, pretty is novice. That, but is it like a dense taste or is it like crisp she's got to take a sip before she answers you know what it does it like gives you that like of the uh, ipa but then it's like then it gets like malty after like uh, almost like um it gives me the bite and then it gives me this like swamp after I feel, yeah i feel like that's okay it kind of matches the the art that's happening on there too there's like fire and all the things yeah. happening there it's an interesting taste 
All right, so let's get down to it a little bit. I know I, we, I, we just mentioned where you've been dancing for a while, but let's talk about the start of your dancing journey. How did that kind of happen for you? You mean like take it way back? You mean yeah. take it way back? <laughs> as far back as you want to go. Were you a three to four year old ballet tapper? Oh yeah, toe tap and tumble in 45 minutes. Yep. Uh -huh. Basically my, I have the older brother that gives me all of the beers he doesn't like. He used to play ice hockey and I just wanted to do everything that he wanted to do always. So mom signed me up for ice hockey. I was probably five, like clinic, you know, you learn how to skate, stuff like that. But I was so bad at it. Like I was just an ankle bender. Like I was like, bah, 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 and like pushing, <laughs> pushing milk crates around and could not get the hang of it. So one of the hockey moms was like, you should sign her up in dance classes. That's why I have my daughter doing. And mom was like, they can't dance at five. Like that's insane. So she said, no, no, I'm telling you, bring her over to, uh, it was called Broadway Dance Center and, uh, or Broadway Dance Academy, maybe. I don't know what, in Tewksbury, in New York, Broadway Dance Center in New York or? No, no, I'm talking Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Like, oh, okay. Just kidding. Got it. Little, little hole in the wall, maybe like trying to be Broadway Dance Center, but um, in a strip mall kind of thing. Ah, cool. Got it. <laughs> yeah. It took like a, a tap class and I guess I liked it enough to ask my mom if I could do it again, but that studio closed and my parents had a record store at the time. And so there was a new studio that had opened across the street from the record store called Tammy's Dance Connection. And that is where I trained until all the way through high school. And I started doing different things like I did all of it, tap, jazz, ballet, lyrical, acro, musical theater. Yeah, and we, and they were a competition studio. So uh, I think I started competing when I was like eight and did that pretty seriously, all the convention circuits and nationals and titles and this and that. Yeah, when I was, when I was graduating high school, mom was like, what do you wanna do kid? You gotta go to college because neither of my parents went to university. And so it was really important to them that me and my brother both went. And I was like, I don't really want to go, to be honest. I just want to teach at Tammy's. And she was like, no, you got to go. So why don't you go find a school that offers dance in some way? And then I ended up at Roger Williams University in Rhode Island because a girl that went to Tammy's Dance Connection had gone to Roger Williams, which is how I found out about it. Really small department in a barn, like... You do all your classes in the same room. Like there's one studio um, that has a little black box above the studio that we would perform in. And I had a great experience there. The professors were super generous and uh, the program was small. So they were able to bring in a lot of guest artists and everybody would have an experience like working with them in some capacity. I know some bigger programs, you don't always get to get a lot of FaceTime with guest artists if you're not in a particular group, but because the program was so small, I felt like we had some meaningful relationships with the artists that came through. And so then that's how I got to New York. One of the artists that came to Roger Williams was Sean Curran. He, he asked me to email him to stay in touch. And so I shot him an email when I graduated. I was like, hey, I'm going to Bates Dance Festival this summer, but I'm all done with school. Just, just reaching out. Thanks, thanks, you know. And he said, "Well, why don't you come to New York and just just stay for a couple of weeks and come to the studio and drop in on rehearsals, see see if you 
see how it feels, you know, like give it a little test run. So I did. I got on Megabus with my backpack and I went to New York. And and how old, how old were you at this point? Oh, 20? 21? Okay, so like just starting, just starting. Yeah. yeah, yep. I remember I stayed at this like really strange hostel in Midtown that I think like came about in the 40s or 50s. It was like for career motivated young women or something. Oh, it was really bizarre. And like all the, the furniture had plastic on it. And there oh. were really elderly women that I think were paying to live there like full time. And but anyway, so I stayed in that little hostel room and took the train to rehearsals and took class all all afternoon and fell in love with it and was like, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna move here. <laughs> so then I lived in New York for 10 years, bopped around between different works and got to meet a lot of really great artists and friendships. I really, I really owe that to Sean for bringing me in under his wing, you know, because I feel like New York can be so terrifying. You're just a tiny fish in there and so many people are trying to do the same thing. It's really hard to get your foot in the door. So I feel really grateful to him for that because because otherwise I'd be probably working for Tammy still. Right. Living in Tilbury. Yeah. Well, and even too, like something that you've always spoken to is your parents have always supported what you wanted to do. Like you just spoke to that of your mom saying, what do you want to do? Well, you can't stay at Tammy's, but I'd love for you to go to college or at least try or, or try something new. Um, and then getting that connection later on. So it's great to have that support system as you go through that, especially moving to New York by yourself. Totally. Which is terrifying. I look back on that transition and I'm like, you're so fiery when you're younger, you know, because I don't think your brain has totally developed to understand what you could run into or run up against. You're like, I'm going to put myself out there, see what happens. But I I reflect on that now, like at 33, I'm like, okay, would you move to a like totally new place on your own without a job and just show up with your backpack, like with no place to stay? Like I, I would feel so stressed about doing that now. I just went, I had, I went to Staples, printed out my resume, went up and down the street, dropping off my resume, got a couple really bizarre jobs. You know, I worked at like a Hallmark and a coffee shop at really fancy dress boutique. Don't know how I got oh, that. Wow. Look at the way I dressed. Like, I think it was like a front for something. I was like, this can't be serious. How are they hearing me? <laughs> Oh. oh man, it, it kind of, you know, I, I worked at Target for a little bit and a lot of girls would come to me and be like, this dress or this dress? And I would go, I don't know. I don't own any. I own sweatpants. Yeah. What is it like to wear a dress anyway? What's yeah. it like? Yeah. <laughs> y'all. I hope you're enjoying the podcast so far. Just want to give a quick note that any companies or breweries that are mentioned within this podcast are in no affiliation within Beer and Ballet itself. What we're trying to do is just give a shout out or a mention to what we hold special personally. Um, And just to give a quick reminder that it is COVID-19 and small businesses really need us right now. So, hey, if you can help out, Look up a small dance company or look up a small brewery within your city and perhaps buy a gift card, buy a t-shirt, 
uh, give a small donation if you possibly can. And if you can't do that monetarily, totally get it right there with you. A like or a subscribe on social media goes a long way. And a little note just to say, hey, I appreciate what you're doing right now really does go a long way. We need it, you guys. So let's work together to make this place beautiful. And let's get back to this podcast. So you're in New York, you're doing your thing, you're working hard, you're doing some dance gigs, you're doing rehearsals, you're doing class, all while while working all of these, you know, dress up jobs. Yep. Everything you're doing. And then somehow in some way you get involved with Bill T. Jones, Arnie Zane company. How did that kind of come about? Well, there's kind of a cool lineage that comes back to Sean again, Sean Curran. So if I go back even further, Sean Curran actually went to Roger Williams. Like, oh, cool. And he paid for one year or a semester, I can't remember. And the director at the time, Kelly Wiki Davis, She's also a mentor of mine. She's she's since passed, but she's she's met him and she was like, You are so talented. And the program there was just starting. Like they used to move the cafeteria tables to like have class in the cafeteria. So she's like, We don't have the facilities to support you. You should go to New York. And so he left and he got into NYU and he trained at Tisch. And then he got into the Bill T. Jones Arnie Zane Company and Mm. danced for Bill all throughout the 80s. I think into the nineties and then started his own company. So there's kind of a cool lineage because I, you know, had Roger Williams in common with Sean, danced for Sean for like 10 years or something. And then met Bill and Janet, Janet Wong. I met them in the lobby after Sean's show at the Joyce, I think it was. And so I had just performed and I was like in the lobby talking to people after. And uh, I saw Bill leaving I didn't even know who Janet Wong was. And she came up to me and and said some nice things about the show. And she said, you should, you should email me and, and come to class sometime. We'd love to have you. Oh, cool. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Like still (laughs) not knowing who she was. Like, thanks lady. (laughs) Yeah. You're like buzzed after a show. So you don't, you're kind of like in an alternate reality. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, okay, lady have a good day, you know? And then Sean was like, what'd she say to you? What'd she say to you? I want to know. Tell me, tell me. <laughs> and I was like, who is that? He's like, that's Janet freaking Wong. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and I was like, oh, whoops. So he's like, you have to go. So I went to a couple of the classes. It's like their, their company class, their warm up before rehearsal. And I was like, so intimidated and so nervous. I was probably 25 at the time, maybe, or 24. I'm not sure, but um, got kind of spooked off by it and never kind of emailed her to come back to class again. And then they had an audition posting maybe a year later or something. And so I applied to that and I went, I made it all the way down to the last cut. I think there were maybe eight or 10 of us left. And it was so exhausting. It was like, just these, this full day of like, learn this partnering thing, do this warm up phrase, learn this phrase, reverse it, uh, you know, do the partnering phrase again with a different person, oh. change roles, like mm-hmm. Petit Allegro. And you're just like, ah! like yeah. your brain is just completely dead, you know? So to get to the end and then he came over and shook my hand and said, thank you very much. Not today, 
you know, and I was oh, like, wow. devastated. I remember I went across the street, there's a bar uh, across 8th Avenue called Flight 151. Uh-huh. And I just like sat there and had a beer and was like crying into my beer. And then, and then after that moment, I was so sour grapes. That's crazy. I, I don't yeah. even like doing those moves. Like I just, I had to justify it somehow because I was so exhausted. Right. Yeah. I mean, after that, that sounds like an intense yeah. thing. And I'm like, what is it that we put ourselves through? You know, we put ourselves through this like obstacle course to be this like version of ourselves or that either we're, that we're imagining or wanting or, you know, uh, other people are kind of looking for. It's just like this bizarre hoop jumping that you're just emotionally and physically exhausted after. Yeah. Kind of wrote that off, kept, kept freelancing, kept dancing for Sean, did some stuff with Alexandra Beller, with Monica Bill Barnes. I was just kind of freelancing around. And then I had another show at Brooklyn Academy of Music with Sean and Janet and Bill came to that as well. Mm-hmm. And then I think Janet sent me an email that said, I noticed that you didn't sign up for our audition. Any interest in coming? <laughs> and I was like, oh shit. I was like really on a high dancing with Sean. I felt good about myself. Yeah. Like, I, I'm in a crew that I like and I feel positive about my life. And I don't know if I'm ready to be torn down again. But I thought about it and then I was like, well, let's just go in with a good attitude. Don't expect anything. And just right. see what happens. Yeah. Same shit. Learn this, learn that. Do it backwards, do it forwards. Dance to me, improvise, recite these lines, you know. And then I got the job. So um, I was dancing for David Dorfman at the time. And I remember I was in uh, up at Connecticut College with him in a rehearsal residency. And I had told him, hey, I auditioned, but it was low stakes. Like, I just tried to play it cool. I'm not expecting anything from it, but I just want to communicate with you that I put myself out there for that. Oh, that's smart. Yeah. Super respectful <laughs> too to him, you know? Yeah, because I mean, that that's also another profound relationship. That man, David Dorfman, changed my dancing, my thinking, my <laughs> my person. Yeah. Um, and so I... I really didn't want to leave him either, but I was in rehearsal when Janet called me and said, hey, we want to uh, offer you the job if you'd like it. And I was like, (laughs) do I take it? I remember, I don't remember really if I said I have to think about it or if I just said yes or I can't remember, but I remember uh, David took us out for pizza and like said congratulations and I had a chat with him after and he was like you have to take the job like take it they have so much more work like oh my gosh yeah he was like of course I love you and we have a great relationship and I want to keep working together but it's a business and you know they have they can pay you they can give you health insurance you'll grow a lot just just try it out and we'll I'll you know we'll always be here and I always felt I, I I always feel like David's like my uncle or something. You know, Sean's like my dance dad, and David's like my cool uncle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and dancers do that; like they build their whole dance family. It just because we all need each other. We all need to support each other and be there. And it's what you spoke to before of word of mouth and connection. And 
you know, I, through beer and ballet, I constantly talk about Jacksonville Dance Theater, where all of this started. And I, I remember as you're telling this story, I literally had the same conversation with Rebecca Levy, artistic director, and Katie McCoggan, executive director of, oh my God, I actually did make it to graduate school and I might have to leave. And they said, bye, we love yeah. you. Oh, do whatever you want, but get out of here, go. Cool. And it's because everybody in this world has experienced how it functions, which is not often like so kind or easy, you know? Yeah. So I feel like everybody's really trying to hook each other up, help each other out, you know, make connections for, for friends of yours that you're like, oh, this person would be great for this or because it's tough out there. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Especially New York. I mean, you know, I, I feel like everybody hears about it, but being a dancer in New York is tough stuff. Like you yeah. gotta have a little bit of a thick skin to do it and, um, but an open heart to try, like to try new things and see kind of what happens. Um, yeah. And like, kind of just like, um, I feel like I had to just always I mean, class taking has always done this for me, which is what has made the pandemic so difficult because I feel like taking class in spaces with other people is the reason I've been dancing for this long. But class, like that ritual of taking class is what kind of grounded me in New York my whole career. Every time I'd be like, fuck this shit, this is insane. I'm tired of dancers feeling like shit about themselves. I'm tired of dancers like comparing. I'm tired of companies taking advantage of, of their dancers or, you know, venues yeah. taking advantage of the artists, like this, um, the scarcity complex, like all of it can kind of like get at you. And then you feel like you're falling out of love with the thing. Mm. And, it, and it's every time I take class, I'm reminded that it's not that, like the action of taking class, the action of moving my body, of challenging my self and the way that I understand pathways through space and the way that I can fall off center and just barely slide between those two people and then like come back the other way and high five my buddy in the corner and cheer for group two doing the phrase like when I have those experiences I'm like oh no I love this shit I live for this shit yeah just popping in just to give a quick reminder we have so many crazy fun things happening on our instagram page such as music mondays brewski thursdays and some of these wonderful people that you'll hear about in these podcasts might drop in a couple times you know give some helpful hints maybe talk about some of their brews that they really love so much so Go ahead and keep track of us on our Instagram page or even our Facebook page. And hey, if you want to drop us an email just to say, what's up, feel free to do that. Other than that, I hope you keep enjoying this podcast. Do you have a favorite piece that you loved performing and or witnessing and being in? Doing D-Man in the Waters is like pretty epic. I mean, I grew, I like grew up in, in uh, undergrad reading about that work and its significance during the AIDS crisis and um, it just felt like every time I would perform it I was like numb to this feeling of like holy shit I'm performing this piece of history yeah. and my body is in one of these slots that's like telling this story that is such a time piece like the cast that performed that work 
that made that work and originally they were losing each other they were they were literally dying of aids at that time like people in the company mm-hmm. you know Damian Aquavella like people were sick and um there's like that kind of desperation and uh sadness and also triumph and teamwork and unity that is embedded in the in the choreography itself but also in the community and in the story and in the lineage and in the passing on of that work so being able to kind of like step into that and perform it and feel all of these like ghosts of cast members that have also like exerted everything that they have in that work to try their best to tell that story even if you haven't experienced it you know Mm -hmm. so that I think that one always makes me like get goosebumps well it's just so like even me sitting here listening to you talking about it I have chills like all over my body and it, it is that idea of like stepping into a role that someone stepped in and created or built with, you know, with Bill T. Jones and, and Arnie, um, because there's such collaborative souls in that way that you spoke to earlier. And to witness and be a part of that, even in a second generation, third generation of doing that piece, um, that's something truly special. Yeah. And glorious. And also an honor for them to, you know, I could only imagine you feel honored that they trust you with that. In totally. A way. Yeah. It's like this, like, fear it's like fear gratitude humility it's like all of these things that you want to you want to uphold you want to like you want to rise to the challenge but it also it's amazing like what that work like what that the weight of that responsibility what it does to the community that's doing it at that time so the way that it bonds the cast whatever cast is doing it because all of you are in that position to to take over and and even like the differences in them like the cast that when I came in there were people dancing it with us that had been the company 13 years at that time Mm -hmm. and so like that that mini lineage as well like their experience and how they've observed the piece over all of the years of doing it as repertory and what it's like to dance with their with their version, you know, because you're doing partnering and you're getting tips from this one and that one, and she's going to give you a note about this, so make sure you do it like that. And and the responsibility of those older cast members to try to like show the younger cast members the ropes and right, and that give and take too, because you're a professional in the room as well, and you want to honor that and cherish that and have that communication. Try and bring like new aspects to the piece as well, but honor what they're doing at the same time. Right. Hey y'all, guess what? That was just part one of this awesome conversation with Christina Robson of her time in New York. And part two, we'll be talking about now she's in graduate school. She's joining me on this crazy adventure. And what does it mean to go from performing Uh, really weekly to starting to create your own work, starting to really analyze who we are as dancers, artists, teachers, and people. That happens in graduate school. So part two will come. 
in two weeks. Yes, we are doing every other week for these podcasts. As we're brand new, I want to get some feedback from y'all. See what you like, see what you don't like. Maybe you're loving every minute of it, and we want to hear about that too. So please show some love. If you can share these podcasts, please do so. The stories that all of these wonderful people have are fantastic, and I can't wait to share even more with you. So have a lovely rest of your week, and we'll talk to you soon. Bye, everybody. Mm -hmm.